Howdy, folks! Well, hello, everybody! <laughs> we're back for episode four! Yeah. And oh. we're finally public! We are officially on Apple Podcasts. Yes! So, if you're an Apple Podcast user, you can listen there. Please give us a review. It would mean the world to us. Yes! If you like what we're doing, give us a review. If you so don't good. like what we're doing... Sorry, just please go away. Bye. We <laughs> probably won't miss you that much. Um, <laughs> right out the gate. <laughs> yes. Right out the gate. If you don't like it, I'm going to tell you right now, any nasty comment or email, we're just going to hit delete. Yeah, please. So just save your breath. Have fun somewhere else. There's another podcast for you. If we, get things, <laughs> if we get things wrong, though. Like, if there's something really wrong in our episode, like, yeah. information-wise, research-wise, please shoot us an email. But if we want to know. <laughs> yeah. But, but if, if you're, you're going to, like, shoot us an email and be like, I don't like your voice, I'm going to... I'm going to be like, okay, be well, like, okay, um, this is the voice that God gave me, so... <laughs> I'm going to delete your uh, face <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah, we just got added by uh, Apple Podcast today, so no. it's really exciting, and we thought it would happen on Sunday, but that is apparently not how things work. Yeah, we so, didn't realize there was a delay in that process. Yeah, be, just be patient with us. We appreciate, you know, y'all being patient. There's and, a learning um, curve that we're yeah, working through. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're a little uh, new to this process, so we're not quite sure what we're doing just yet. But hey, we were only 24 hours late with Apple Podcasts. I'm, okay, I'm going to call that one a win. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because I was like, oh, this could take up to 72 hours. I know. It's like 24 to 72 Two hours. Uh, but uh, yeah, Nicole texted me this morning while we were at work, and I was, I was like, like yes. "The good Lord!" I got the email notification on my phone, and I was like, "No way!" Yeah, <laughs> so excited. I don't ever get notifications from Gmail on my phone. I don't know why. It just doesn't happen. I changed it, so That's I should, so weird. but I don't ever get them. I have to go actually into the app to see them. Oh. <laughs> so you were like, "We got it!" and I was like, "Okay." know until you text me so anyway yeah we're just uh sorry we're gabbing here anyway oh, no <laughs> so uh, get used to it what today <laughs> we are we just tried this before we started recording and it's did you try it? i tried it it's so good this wine guys it's another Ooh. local one and we love local I wines i know and it's just like the bone um the one we tried last time i forget what it's called um Bone something. Oh, frig. Wow, I have it in my phone somewhere. Keep going. Okay. Tell them about the wine. Tell them about it. This is another New York wine. It's from Knapp Winery. K-N-A-P-P Winery. Um, It is a sweet red. Yeah. And let me tell you. Oh, it says right here. Knapp Wine and Cellars is Dundee, New York. Wherever that is. Don't know where that is. Is it down under? Let me tell you, you should go find it because this wine is freaking delicious. It is so cute. It's called Superstition. And the front has this, like, purple galaxy with a big moon and, like, the silhouette of a black cat. And all you see is its orange eyes. And, yeah, and the back has the eyes, too. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. And there will be a picture of this on our Instagram. And it's, I love this wine bottle. I kind of want to keep this wine. I used to do that. I used to do that. I used to have an old kitchen where the cabinets, the, the cabinets were low and I could That's fit them. Bad. And I was so sad when we moved into our new apartment. I was like, no. I know, man. 
I always wanted to have a room that I could like line them and put the lights in them. Oh yeah, you have to get the ones that are battery operated though, because mm-hmm. they are. That would be really fun to turn on. Bitch to get in there. <laughs> anyway, but this is such a good wine, guys. And the last one was called Bone Spirit. I forgot, but we That's are <laughs> posting all of these at the end of our Instagram posts, which will be coming this week um, to give you some visual aids to what you're hearing about, mm-hmm. um, and to you know. Just show you a little bit what bring we've, it, bring we've been seeing, yeah. Crazy stories to, to a close, you know, yeah. the hometown murders. We will have another month probably like this. Yes. But yes. it won't we're gonna try and space out these yeah. topics so you're not doing too many in a row. <laughs> yeah, um, our, our goal is to do every Sunday, but uh this when I was at launch we kinda wanted to have a get, lot of stuff for you all at once. Get us out so there. that you weren't waiting too long for so much stuff. Exactly. And I know we're really excited because Nicole is going somewhere that she talked about in one of her cases mm-hmm. at um, this weekend, maybe, and we'll maybe possibly record that for you. Yes. Um, and we're definitely going to drive past John Jamelski's house, like I promised you, um, and we're going to post that. They're going to be kind of bonusy episodes for the end of August, and then September, we will be starting with completely new content. And a new theme, oh, yes. and it's going to be so exciting. It will be announced on our Instagram at some point once we decide on that, because we haven't done that yet. <laughs> no, yeah, we've been kind of putting it off because we've just been so excited about about this month, but it needs to happen I now. I know, it does. <laughs> so, um, without uh, further ado, I'm just going to let Nicole take it. Nicole, take it. So, on our final hometown murder journey... I'm taking you to where I was born in the lovely town city. City? Rochester. City. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if you hear the dog. Yeah. <laughs> my, my dog is barking in the background. She's excited, so. She's a. Just listen to the sound of my voice. <laughs> there is no one behind the curtain. I promise. There's just a dog. It's good. <laughs> uh, not a werewolf. What? Um. Anyway. Terrible. <laughs> she does. She could look like one. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so I'm going to take you to Rochester, New York, and I'm going to tell you about the Genesee River Killer, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Arthur Shawcross. And he the is real old, gross, real. ugly motherfucker. <laughs> no offense. He is... Another one that I just want to God bless with a fist in the face. Yes. I really, yeah. I really do. I think, I mean, uh, God bless with a fist in the I face. I watched the documentary on him and watching him talk about these things was no just, there's no emotion. Yeah. His he face is just black. had nothing and it was scary. Like just there, like there were certain things like he wouldn't talk about certain things he was very short about, but like. There was just, like, wasn't sad. He didn't sound, like... Zero remorse. Yeah, zero Zero remorse. I know a little bit about this. I have seen the documentary. It was about, like, (laughs) three years ago. So maybe a little less than that. So I'm going to be remembering this with you guys, but this isn't one of the cases that I don't know where I'm going to be like, oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. I probably will be like, oh, my God, yeah, because I'm remembering (laughs) that stuff. Yeah, in case you're wondering, the... um, this documentary, it's called The Interview with a Serial Killer, and it is on Netflix. That's it's about awesome. 45 minutes long, and honestly, I recommend watching it. It doesn't cover everything I found, 
it was they actually because he killed so many people they didn't really dive too yeah, deep they only into many touched, they touched on like the important victims that kind of really defined parts of who he was right but then they there was they didn't touch on about half of his victims but they do interview him which but, is yeah gives so, a whole new kind of insight it was, to his yeah. psychopathy because yeah. it's, it's not just i wasn't just reading a story i was like listening to words him talk yeah yeah answer these questions and it was it was kind of scary listening to some of them wow oh, just yeah chills. yeah he's gnarly <laughs> but yeah. anyway um so the reason i'm covering rochester is because i was born there my parents actually lived there during part of this really yes did they know about this did you call your dad so my dad didn't remember this. Oh, no. I know. I was really upset because (laughs) they do bring the FBI in on this case. And as I said before, my dad's FBI, well, he's retired FBI, but he was not a part of this. At the time, he was brand new to the FBI. So he was a field. He was like, oh, he wasn't going to He was nobody for this. He didn't really remember it, but (laughs) I quoted my mom directly here because it made me laugh my ass off. I texted my mom and I was like, do you remember when you lived in Rochester with a guy named Arthur Shawcross that committed all these murders? And she goes, ah, yes. He was a creepy looking old guy. <laughs> and she's and like, that's exactly what you said. Oh, that's exactly I was like, mom, we are related, first of all. Second of all, oh my God. <laughs> and she couldn't remember anything else. All, other than like, it being ugly. I was like, you guys, I was like, no, you don't remember the trial? Because, like, it was widely broadcasted, like, nothing. She remembered nothing else other than he was old and creepy and he killed a lot of people. And I was like, okay. That yeah. was, like, my sister-in-law. My my husband and I live, like, right next door to my in-laws. Hi, guys, if you're listening. And I asked my sister-in-law, or told was telling her about John Jamelski. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, yeah, the guy with the bunker. She remembered who I was talking about, oh, and I was like, "That's scary." That is <laughs> and I'm sure if like if I had asked others, but she, like she immediately was like, "Oh, that guy with the creepy bunker, right?" Oh, wow. I was like, "Yeah." So doing this hometown stuff has been real interesting because if you talk to people that you know, they know it. I say I might come back with a little bonus for you in or whatever our next episode is because when I go home, I'm actually going to talk to my grandparents and see if they remember Tony Costa that I covered previously. Yeah. Because I didn't get the chance to talk to them about this yet, but I'm gonna go see them this weekend, so I wanna see. They, oh, I love they that. had a house they had a house on Cape Cod for as long as I can remember, so I really wanna see if they remember. If this. they know what they're doing. Because yeah, I feel like they probably, probably should. I mean they should. But um It's been cool doing this kind of stuff, guys. It is cool to touch on the stuff from home. Yeah, definitely. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to see if there are more. I know I know that there is one case that I wanna cover. It's not the guy who like lived around my parents but his brother lived around my parents and my mom remembered when like there were tons of like media crews film crews all this stuff around this guy's house she lived two blocks from him i literally just got chills i know i was like she was like she she was like oh it wasn't the actual killer but it was his brother and he was the one that turned him in what? So it was even crazier. That's so even why I was, I was crazy like, shit. I was like, yes, yes, we have to That's, cover it. Yeah. So I think that'll be my next hometown. It won't be hometown technically is, my hometown. Hometown but is definitely going to be a topic that comes around again this because I'm sure that there are like older oh. things. I mean, and like, being from know. Massachusetts, oh, there's so many things I can cover. Yeah, I know. Like, ugh, I could so list, much stuff. I could list probably ten things off the top of my head. Oh wow. Wow, it's but, been uh, like 12 minutes. Sorry, <laughs> we will stop rambling now. We will talk about Arthur Shawcross. We'll actually get into Arthur Shawcross. So this is one hell of a wild ride. And 
forgive me when I say this is a long one. So yeah, well, uh, I um, hope you are ready for this fucking roller coaster ride of goddamn emotions because I'm about to fuck with you. I want a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> I'm in a glass case of emotion. I love it. If you hear me quote Step Brothers, it's one of my favorite movies, and I probably will a million times. That's not Step Brothers. That's, that's but a, another Will Ferrell that's movie. Anchorman. Anchorman. And, Anchorman. <laughs> Anchorman. Anchorman, yeah. Why it came out um, like that? Well, wine. <laughs> we've already had like half a glass and we've been sitting here for 12 minutes just <laughs> gabbing. We haven't seen each other in like a day. I know. So, it's God, been what so long do? and I don't know how we've survived it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. So it's time to dive into the life of Arthur Shawcross. Mr. Shawcross was born in Kittery, Maine on June 6th of 1945, but he didn't live there long. Um, He ended up moving to Watertown, New York with his family when he was really young. That's where I bought my first car. Really? Yeah! That's where I bought my first car ever. Okay, sorry. Yeah, it's a a small (laughs) town near Lake Ontario, and he grew up there with his family. He was the oldest of four children. Um... Growing up, he, because he was the oldest of four children, he didn't get a lot of attention, so he did really dumb things. Mm-hmm. He ran away a lot. He peed the bed on oh. purpose. Until, on purpose? Yeah. Until he was, like, almost a teenager. Oh. Yeah. It was, wow. I was like, ooh. What, um, what a darling. In school, he was really weird. Um, kids referred to him as Oddie. Like odd, like you're odd, but oh, O-D-D-Y. okay. And he was frequently bullied by the older kids, and in turn bullied the younger kids. So he was a douchebag. Okay, yeah. <laughs> right, you right, can right. break this cycle, Arthur. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? He's just like turned around and bullied everybody else. And I was like, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> but he got in a lot of trouble. He used to insult teachers and like start fires, and he was kind of a shit kid. Um. <laughs> And he, uh, when he got older, he made a lot of claims that as a kid, he was molested. Now, the family 110% denies these allegations. They said he was never molested. This, like, there's no evidence of this, but he claims up and down. He said his aunt sexually assaulted him regularly, starting at the age of nine. She used to perform oral sex on him, like, all the time. Ew. And he claimed his mother, this one's really rough, would put objects up his anus. Oh, trigger warning. Trigger warning. I should have said that before. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. I will say it again. I'll say it again if it gets bad. Look at, give me a signal. I'll say it. I'll say it. I'll just wave my arms. <laughs> Do a peace sign or something. It's not peaceful. No, I mean, ah, oh, God. Oh, God. Sorry. All right. I will try and say trigger warning. <laughs> or give me some sort of signal so I can say it. <laughs> but as he grew up, he claimed to have sexual relations with his younger sister, Jeannie, and his cousin, Linda. And they deny this. Yeah. Their whole family denies that he was ever abused in any way. Huh. Um, okay. He said his first homosexual encounter was at the age of 11, and that he later experimented with bestiality. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so what uh, is that? Yeah. I like to choose the ones that are just fucked up for their whole lives. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I feel like they start I feel like the two that I covered have been like, they were okay for a while, and then they sucked. 
<laughs> but yours just are like icky from the beginning. <laughs> but um, one of the things that kind of says that some of this might not be the most true is that he was often known to switch up his stories. Oh, so when yeah. he talked about these things, a couple little details here and there would change. Okay. So in high school, he actually ended up dropping out in the ninth grade because he failed out of school completely and just okay. decided, fuck this, it's not for me, and left. So in okay. ninth grade, he was done with school. And his records actually show he had a really low IQ. Oh. Kind of makes sense. <laughs> I think... I didn't write it down, and I wish I did. I think it said he had an IQ of around 80, 85. Wow, yes. okay. He had a low IQ. Wow, okay. Um, and then after that, in his later teen years, he was connected to, like, a lot of little arson fires here and there. He was picked up a lot of times, but he never really got in trouble for anything because they couldn't really prove it was him. But he was, like, kind of the suspect for a lot of small little crimes like that. Oh. Um, a couple burglaries, little things. Um, uh, you can't connect it to him, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, he ended up receiving, for one of them, he did end up receiving a probationary sentence, and that was in December of 63. Okay. And he got that because he smashed in the windows of a store. And there's probably no way to deny that you did that. <laughs> um, so he was a delinquent. <laughs> well, that's um, cool. <laughs> And Once a scumbag, always a scumbag. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the age of 19, he actually got married for the first time. Oh, yeah, and he gets so, married a lot. Yeah, it was in September of 1964. He married a girl named Sarah. And, uh, excuse me, he ended up having, uh, they ended up having a son together almost a year later in October. Okay. Um, and then one month after their son was born, he received another probationary sentence and that was for unlawful entry. And after that, Sarah went, fuck you, I've had enough. And divorced his ass. Bye. <laughs> Basically. And um, Shawcross gave up full custody of his kid. Didn't even fight for it. Just, like, gave up full custody of his son. I... This is, like, the documentary. Yes, he's on medication in that, which is supposed to be a mood stabilizer, too. Maybe that's why. So he's a little, like... But he, like, you literally give away your son and you don't give a shit? Yeah. Like, that's... Like, what? that makes me think that, like, yeah, he's on mood stabilizers, but he's already probably like that a lot. I like, know. you are a, so, like a sociopath. Sociopath is exactly what I was going to say. You don't have any emotion, <laughs> and you don't give a shit about nobody but yourself. So, mm -hmm. that's fucked. Yeah. And then, not too long after, he got married again to Linda Neary, and that marriage was basically just as short-lived. Oh, <laughs> She comes in and out real fast. And she's like, mm, gay bye. <laughs> yep. Don't like this. <laughs> So he ends up enlisting in the army, and he spends 13 months in Vietnam. Oh. Ugh. And during this time, he claims, <laughs> this was disturbing, that he- Trigger warning! Trigger warning! Yeah. He <laughs> murdered and cannibalized two young Vietnamese girls. And there's no records to prove this. There's absolutely no records to prove this. He also said that during this time, he had 39 combat kills. Again, there's no records to prove this. He was there. What happens is the army comes in and says, okay, this isn't possible. Their squadron or whatever. I apologize. I don't know the term for this. You can email me and tell me because I really don't know. His squad or whatever he was in is they did not. Troop. Troop. Something like that. Thank you. 
don't know. <laughs> Your like, battalion? Yeah. Maybe what? that's like what olden a, day. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's army, navy. I don't know which ones go to what, so I really apologize if I'm messing this up hardcore. But um, they didn't see combat at all. So there's no way that that happened. Hmm. But, like, but he said that he took these girls, tied them up with their legs apart, like raped them, cut their heads off, like dismembered them, ate them. It was disgusting. He talks about cooking one of them over the fire and like watching their flesh sizzle. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like reading and I was like, Ugh. no. But again, no. there's no proof of this. And I mean, I guess it could have happened. It could have. It could have. I mean, if he got away from, but you're supposed to be with your squad, like, well, that's, all the time. That's a fun thing, is in the documentary, they actually ask him to his face and they say, you know, didn't you come out of there with friends? Didn't you have friends? Everybody, you know, makes pals for a lifetime. You know, you come out of there and you've got your brothers. Yeah. He, he just goes, no, I had no one. He was like, I didn't really make friends with them. Yeah. Okay. Again. Yeah. Zero emotions. Yeah. So, I mean, I could see him having the ability to, like, slip off. But to be gone long enough to... to be able to do all that. Tie up some... Tie up two women, murder them, dismember them, like... That takes them, time. Like, that's... You're going to have a long time. And mm, that doesn't sound... I mean, unless you have some place to put them, but... Yeah. I mean... Unless you... Like, unless you you're in the middle of the Vietnam jungle. You don't have anywhere to put anybody. Right? And, like, sneaking out in the middle of the night in the middle of the Vietnam War was probably not a good idea. Um, you know, there's yeah. all sorts of landmines everywhere you um, get yourself blown up. So, I just, I, I don't know if I believe those claims or not. No, that sounds pretty, but, pretty um, false. <laughs> yeah. Um, but during his service, a military psychologist actually noted that he gained sexual pleasure from starting fires. Okay. So he had, like, he not only was a cannibal and a murderer, but he also was an arson. An arsonist. Sorry. Oh. Yeah, but you said he liked to start fires when he was a kid, too. Yeah. And oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's not really one of his, like, it's not, like, in the forefront of what he does, but... Like, later on, yeah. Yeah, it is just something that he does like to do, and it's kind of weird. Um, so, he comes back, and, um... Upon returning, he gets arrested for arson, like I just said. And he ends up serving only two years of a five-year sentence. So he comes back and immediately commits arson and gets arrested. And then in October of 71, he gets released and he starts working for the Watertown Public Works. And it's during this time that he commits his first murders that are documented. Okay. And these are sad. This is children. That I'm about to tell you yeah, about. Yeah, trigger. So, trigger warning. These are young kids, and he did not take it light on them. Um, so, his first victim on April 7th of 72 was a 10-year-old named Jack Blake. He was actually a neighbor of Shaw Cross. serious? And he frequently took Jack and his brother on fishing trips. And Ew. one of the days... He took him on a fishing trip, and it was just him and not his brother. And Shawcross, in the documentary, claims that he got annoyed with him and hit him too hard. And he ended up dying immediately. We don't know if I believe that part of it. They didn't really mention how he died. 
Yeah, it's probably so far back. Then. Yeah, I think either because of how long ago it was or because of how young the victim was, they didn't go into a lot of detail about how he died. Okay. But they said this he took him fishing days before they really they reported him missing. Wait, wait, wait. So he was like, missing for days? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, your kid yeah. is missing for days? And I mean, that's what I thought about John Chabelsky, too. I was like, your kid is missing for days. Yeah. And Jack's mother actually ended up confronting Shot Cross. Like, I think you had something to do with this. You're really fucking weird. And I've got my eyes on you. And she even told the police this, but they didn't think it was him. They were just like, no. There was no evidence to prove that it wasn't, yeah. but they didn't even follow up. Yeah. Ugh. God, guys, I can't even tell you how much that bothers me. Every time, it's like every case is like that. Yeah. <laughs> and not too long after that, he gets married to his third wife. <laughs> do, do, do. Uh, that was April 22nd. He marries Penny Sherbino. Okay. And she ends up pregnant quite quickly and ends up actually miscarrying. And it's theorized that this is because he abused her. Oh, no. Yeah. Ugh. I, ugh. That makes me sick. It makes me sad. Very, very sad. Um, and then just four months after Jack Blake disappears, an eight-year-old girl named Karen Ann Hill goes missing. Oh. Yeah. So... Now it's one month again after Hill goes missing that they find Jack Blake's body. No! Yeah. <laughs> um, it, is said that, it is said that he was missing his genitals and Shawcross claims to have eaten them. What? Yeah. And they, they just found him out in the middle of the woods. He wasn't like buried or anything. He was, was, just, it, was, it, was it where they were camping? It didn't say. Oh, it didn't say? It did mm, not I would have been like, hmm, they were camping there, but then the police would have probably found a reason to not convict him anyway. And um, then later that same month, they also found Karen, the eight-year-old's body. She was found underneath a nearby bridge. She had been strangled, raped, and mutilated. No. It's Ugh. very, very sad. And also kind of disturbing, they found mud and leaves stuffed down her throat. Ew. Yeah. Ugh. What a fuck. And this actually ends up being what gets him caught for these two murders. The leaves and the twigs. No. Witnesses saw him talking to this young girl on that very bridge. So when they, they, once they find the body and they start searching the area, people come out and say, well, wait a second. I saw this guy talking to her and he immediately gets picked up. Okay. Well, good. He's arrested on October 3rd of 72. He ends up confessing to both of their murders. Okay. Um, for his, con um, sorry, I just lost my place for a minute. I need to make this a little bigger. Ah, bear with me. <laughs> Wine guys. <laughs> We're getting to that point. Um, my first glass is almost gone. Oh, I know. I'm talking so much that I'm like, I'm holding mine, but I'm not drinking it. Um, that is the problem with this game we play. Yeah, I know. The person talking. Gets screwed in the <laughs> It's like, I gotta chug this half a glass of wine before I finish. Okay. I've got myself. <laughs> so, 
For the confession, Shawcross actually managed to work out a deal for himself. He's a shit. Yeah. So the only evidence they had for Jack Blake's murder was his confession. They had nothing else that linked him to Jack Blake. So he said, if I confess to Karen Ann, I won't be charged for Blake. So he ends up only being charged for the murder of Karen. Because doesn't he not like talking about one of them? These are the two that he does not talk about. This is actually, if you watch the documentary, this upsets him. And it actually ends the interview. It's how the documentary ends. He doesn't want to talk about them. They try once towards the middle of it. They say, well, what about the early murders? And he just says, I don't want to talk about it. That's off the table. Like, this isn't... No. That's not about that. Yeah. Yeah. And so they kind of change the subject. And they do. They come back to it at the end. And they do. They say, well, what about Jack and Karen? And he said... And he just... He literally... It's kind of... It's almost kind of scary. It's the most emotion he shows in the whole thing. And he just goes, stop. And he, like, yells at them. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just says, this is over. And he gets up and he just leaves. There are certain parts of this documentary where I, like, remember vividly things. But it really wasn't, like, anything in between. It was, like, him. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, you will tell me this and it will sound brand, brand new yeah. to me. But when you're, like, he shows no emotion, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember his fucking hell. face. He is fucking scary. So he ends up getting charged for manslaughter of Karen Ann. Not even murder. Not even even first degree. That was part of the deal. Was he get charged with manslaughter, not first degree murder, and there would be no charges brought against him for Jack Blake's murder. What the fuck? Yeah. They accepted this deal because there was no evidence for Jack Blake. And they wanted to get him on something. Yeah. And to get him to confess, this is what they had to do. So... (laughs) They accepted this and he ends up getting sentenced to 25 years in prison. This is also the time his third wife divorces him. Um, yeah. I mean, you killed two children, why wouldn't you? Right. Um, uh, Hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Anyway. <laughs> Desperate! And this has been your musical interruption. <laughs> um, so he goes to prison for this, and he only uh, he only ends up serving fourteen and a half years for this, out of the twenty five. Ten years they shaved off of it. And, and is it because of like good behavior or some fucking shit like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Whatever. they say that this is where the system really fucked up, because he gets out and immediately just starts it up, starts right back at it. Yeah. So he served, yeah, he served 14 and a half years in the New York Penitentiary of Greenhaven. Okay. And Where's he was, that? I knows? actually don't know. Oh, it says in Greenhaven. I'm sorry. I can read. So wherever Greenhaven is. Who knows? <laughs> he would like to find out. I'm, but, uh, I'm looking it up. He was actually released against the recommendation, re- recommendations, talking too fast, of the prison psychiatrist who said he was a schizoid psychopath. <laughs> right? Surprise! <laughs> she was right, guys. <laughs> and yeah, and this um, correctional facility is in Stormville, New York. I've never ever heard of that or been there ever. Where is it? Um, like it's popping up on my maps now. Hold, please. Alright. Um, wine break. What? Yeah, you take a wine break. <laughs> I'm trying to find where it is in in. <laughs> my hiccup while trying to swallow. It's wine. by Poughkeepsie. 
Interesting. That's so it's co- it's sort of downstate, kind of yeah, towards New York City. Yeah, see, that's kind of downstate from here. I'm surprised. From like Watertown? Yeah. All this stuff happens in yeah. Watertown? That's far. So, huh. once he's released, he has a really hard time finding somewhere to live. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and during this mess, he gets married again. But, but how? I You're t- a convicted child murderer. This woman was his pen pal while he was in prison. Oh, it's one of those. Yes. Okay. Her name was Rosemary Whaley. Or I'm going to say Whaley. W-A-L-L-E-Y. Wally. Wally. Whaley. I don't know. Let us know if you know. <laughs> Let us know what you think. And after dozens of riots and basically getting kicked out of everywhere he tried to settle because mm-hmm. people were like, fuck you, we don't want this I, child yeah. like this in our town. They end up in Rochester. And the reason this went so smoothly is because the court decided to seal his records so that when he moved to Rochester, it didn't come didn't up on a background check. have to inform them of it. Are you serious? So that's why there were so many riots because every time he moved, they had to be like, look, this guy's moving to your town and they had to announce it. So they sealed his record so they didn't have to announce it. A child murderer. Yes. They sealed his record so he could live peacefully. I was like, I would have let him get fucking murdered. Anyway. That's like Todd Collette when they when he was like, oh, these people are harassing me. And I'm like, ha you're a sex offender, you idiot. Like, of course people are harassing you. They don't want you to live near them or their children. You should be harassed. Um, oh my God. So they finally settle in Rochester. And for a while, he actually manages to keep his head kind of low. He tried to live a mundane life. He worked a lot of jobs, didn't really do too much, and then he got bored. Mm. And in March of 1988, he started cheating on his wife. Uh, uh. <laughs> he was cheating on his wife with a woman named Clara Neal. And Clara becomes a big part of this story. He ends up borrowing her car a lot. And <laughs> her car is used for most of these murders. Are you serious? Yes. If he knows her that long. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd be like, um, you cannot use my car. So, and then things, this is like the downward spiral of Shawcross. Okay. This is when he lost his marbles and just couldn't stop. <sighs> so, his first victim was on March of 18th. March? March of 18th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. March 18th of 1989. He borrowed Neil's car and drove to Lyle Ave. And Lyle Ave back then was known as where all the prostitutes and the drug dealers were. And that was kind of the dirty side of town that you didn't want to be in. The slums, yeah. He picked up a woman named Dorothy Blackburn and brought her to a nearby parking garage. He paid her $30 for mutual oral sex. Yeah. Well, there's that. (laughs) Yep. And... (laughs) During this sex, um, she bit his penis. Are you serious? Uh Uh-huh. And she ended up drawing blood. And this pissed him off. So he bit her vagina and then squeezed her throat until she went unconscious. Uh, If you could see my face. I'm literally, my jaw hit the floor. (laughs) I know. (laughs) She's just like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) My jaw hit the floor. Uh, then tied her up and drove to his favorite local fishing spot. And when she regained consciousness, he told her that he was going to rape her. And she began harassing him. Like, good on this girl. She was like, fuck you. She, like, 
lashed out, started calling him names. Except, you know, while I want to say good for her, it also is what kills her. It makes him uh, he, angry. He might have killed her anyway, but um, he ends up grabbing her neck again and he crushes it. Oh. And oh, that's not... Oh. One thing I did skip over that I forgot to mention is at this point, Shawcross is over six feet tall and he weighs about 300 pounds. He's huge. He was a big dude. He's a big guy. Um... <laughs> So he ended up sitting in her car, in the car with her body, until almost midnight. Uh, yeah. Okay. And he carries her just to the nearby bridge and drops her in the river below. Wow. That cuts. Yeah. Yeah. Evidence. Bye-bye. Goodbye. <laughs> almost all evidence. Yep. It was nice knowing you. Mm-hmm. I will never forget you. <laughs> and I will tell you now is all of, all of the victims, except for two of them, were found by police. Two of them, he does end up leading them to the bodies, but all of these were found by police. I just don't exactly cover it as I'm going through the list. But okay, the, okay. So most of the next I will tell two. you at the end which two he leads them to. Okay, sounds but good. I will just talk talk about the murder and the disposal, basically. Sounds good. Because there's a lot of these victims. There are uh, 11 victims. Oh my god. Yeah. So... His second victim of this spree he started is Anna Stefan. He claims that she offered him $20 for sex, and he couldn't get an erection, so she made fun of him. And, and he got really pissed, and he hit her in the face and beat her to the ground. And she tried to crawl away and ended up actually crawling towards the river they were nearby, and he drags her into the river... Holds her head underwater and drowns her. Ugh. Oh. And then just lets her body float downstream. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. He's... Yeah, um, he, he really should get a God bless and a fist to the face. Yeah. Uh, really. <laughs> he really should. I really think that's... Uh, yeah. And at this point, he became a regular on Lyalav, and he went under the name Mitch. So, two months later, he picks up his third victim. And this one... And this is one of the reasons they had such a hard time connecting these murders is because some of them fell off the pattern of prostitutes. Okay. And this is one of them. This victim is 58 years old and she was a homeless woman. Mm. Her name was Dorothy Keller. Um, and they became friends. They actually met at a diner. Okay. And they were kind of friends. She I, apparently, according to the documentary, lived with him for a while and he paid her to clean his house and mm-hmm. he kicked her out because he caught her stealing things. That is what he said about this. Um, I didn't read this anywhere else. He mentions this in the documentary. Um, but after they became friends, they quickly escalated into sexual relations. So once again, he's cheating on his wife for the 18 millionth time. He's, uh, he's still married to... Um, fourth Rose. wife? Third wife? Rose. Fourth, fourth wife. wife. I was right! I Yay! Math! I had to color code my notes, guys, because there's so many victims and so many wives. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, like, funny, but it's kind of not funny. It's not um, funny. But it's it's helpful in the sense that there are time periods yeah. that you can highlight. It's like, okay, he was married to this whole, this one wife for this many years, and I can highlight this whole section pink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they hung out a lot, and then one day... He, um, he comes upon her while he's heading to go fishing in his favorite fishing spot. And during this time, they end up having sex. And 
he claims that she threatened to tell both Rose and Clara, so his wife and his mistress, <laughs> about their affair. And he got really pissed about this. Okay. And apparently hit her with a log. He picked up a nearby log and just hit her in the head with it. Okay. And they said that this killed her instantly. He hides her body under a nearby fallen tree and leaves. So totally not what he's done within either of the previous yeah. victims. It's totally just doesn't match. And this is why they don't connect these. Even uh, though it's in a similar location, it just, to them, it was totally separate. And he actually ends up going back months later and uncovering her body, taking her skull and throwing it into the river. So when they find her body, it's her body with no head. Skullless. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Okay. Um, Headless horseman. Fishermen are the ones that did find her body. Okay. Um, eventually. Um, his fourth victim was another prostitute that he picked up. Uh-huh. Her name was Patty Ives. He said that she offered him $25 for sex. Or she, I'm sorry, I keep saying that backwards. He offered he her. He offered her $25 for sex. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. I really can't speak sometimes. Um, they went to a nearby construction site and began to have sex. Shawcross said that she tried to steal his wallet while they were having sex. And this pissed him off. So he started to strangle her and trigger warning, he started to anally rape her. (gasps) Yeah. Ugh. And he did this until she stopped moving. Ugh. (laughs) I wish you could have seen the way Macy's eyes just grew. Um. (laughs) That's so gross. (laughs) Yeah. And he waited there until dark before hiding her body under scrap material and going home. But they connected this to him. Yeah. But they didn't connect, okay. The prostitute, the strangulation, the way she was hidden, the raping, that kind of thing. That was kind of where the connections were made. Okay. Um, <laughs> he is gnarly. Yeah. Whoa. This is, uh, this is fun. Um, this one's <laughs> Whoa. She had a gnarly case to cover. I was like, I thought Jamelski was I, bad. I really was reading this and like every five seconds I was like, this is disgusting. This is awful. Oh my God, it gets worse. It gets worse. <laughs> and it yeah. does. Let me tell you, his next victim was another prostitute, Frances Brown. And it is said that he ended up choking her with his penis during oral sex. Did he say that? It was in one of the articles. Articles, okay. okay. And that was the only way I could find that they mentioned that she died. Ugh. Yeah. Um, wow, wow. <laughs> he proceeded to have sex with her corpse. This guy is like, I'm serious, like arson, <laughs> necrophilia, <laughs> like, like, here are all these points that he's just like smacking yep. right across the face. Oh, did I wake up my cat? She just jumped a mile. Oh, she likes to sit on the back of the chair that we podcast in, and I woke her up by slapping my hands. I'm sorry, Miss oh. Luna. But, yeah, that's, that's there's yeah. so many different things that he's... Mm-hmm. And Ugh. he ended up taking her body. He dumped her down an embankment. Okay. And then he, like, kicked a bunch of debris down over her, and it covered her enough that they didn't 
find her for a while. Oh. Yeah. And at this point, this is when they kind of started to see the connections. Oh, in the murders. Yeah. In all these murders. And they were like, oh, fuck. We're in trouble. We got a serial killer on our hands. So the media picked this up. And... Sorry. I, like, wrote that the media picked this up and then didn't put... What did I do? <laughs> what is wrong with me? <laughs> Guys, this is harder than it sounds. It really is, because you are trying to talk, and then you get distracted by something, and then and then when you're researching, you also get distracted by oh stuff, God, and yeah. you forget to write things down. <laughs> well, I also just, I wrote this in a really poor way. I mean, it does actually go with what I was just saying. I just read it totally wrong. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so what they, the connection they ended up, using was when they found Anna's body. Okay. Because that was the fourth person they found. And they were like, okay, that's the fourth. This isn't good. Because they say it's like, what, three or more? Yeah. Or something like that. And this is when he was dubbed the Genesee River Killer. He had a couple other nicknames, but this is the one that never name a serial killer. Uh, Like, why? I know. I feel like all of the serial, like, okay, so we were just talking about this total segue. We were just talking about this. We posted yesterday, and we were talking about the cases, mm-hmm. and it was Cape Cod, Casanova, yeah. and the New York Dungeon Master. This was the Genesee River Killer, but yeah. Todd Kolhep has shit. Yeah, no, Todd, Todd Kolhep is just like the South Carolina serial killer. Exactly. <laughs> so I feel yeah. like I feel like nowadays people have realized that like naming them just gives them more like. Well, that's what they and like I know I know they do it in Criminal Minds too, like to piss off some of their unsubs when they're trying to. Oh, people. they'll like name they're them like, something stupid. They're like, don't release their name, don't put a picture out, put like a question mark face up, like they don't even really talk about these cases, and it will piss them off. Mm-hmm. It helps them catch them. I remember that from quite a few episodes. Like, yeah, oh, or they'll like give them one purposefully, and it's like bad. Yeah, make it, and, make and, them and sound they really make it sound some stupid. Yeah, they make it sound stupid. Yeah, but like I feel like nowadays that stuff doesn't happen. No, like if you go like in the sixties, seventies, eighties, that stuff, like all of those older cases. Yeah, it's like Night Stalker, and you know I, I know they call Jeffrey Dahmer something, the mm-hmm. Milwaukee something. Um, he, had a, he had a couple different nicknames. He had nicknames. a couple of nicknames. Yeah. So, like, yeah. He, I mean, you know, the Green River Killer, you know, all of this stuff. Like, they they have names. And just don't, don't name do them. it. Don't name so them. So bad. <laughs> because it just emboldens them. Because they're like, you can catch me. Well, actually, funny enough, he does not keep up with the news. Well, fuck him. That was something I actually, that actually ends up getting him caught in the end, which I will tell you more about in, ooh, in ooh, a few ooh, minutes. Ooh. Intrigue. So, um, he now goes on and his sixth victim is actually another one that they have a hard time connecting to him. Oh, gosh. This was actually a friend. Are you serious? Okay. This was a friend that frequently visited him and his wife. Her name was June Stott. She was slightly mentally handicapped. Mm-hmm. And um, one day he was driving around and he found her sitting in a park and he was like, hey, you want to go for a ride? Mm-hmm. She gets in the car. Uh, they drove to a local beach. He, he said it was Turning Point Park. He mentioned that in the documentary. Mm. And he said, all, he said they spent time feeding the birds. They just kind of played in the sand. Like it was just like a day at the beach. And then he said they made their way down the beach and started making love. 
Uh-oh. And then he said he in the in the documentary he says this. He said he doesn't know what happened, but she quote unquote flipped and started screaming. And um. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't find anything else about what triggered him to kill her. Okay. That's so this is words from his mouth that he just said she just flipped. And yeah, she did have a mental handicap. Maybe something freaked her out. I don't know. But this is what he claims is why he ended up killing her. Is she flips. So she starts screaming and screaming and he doesn't want to be caught with her. So he suffocates her. And this gets a little brutal. Trigger warning. Yep. He felt bad after killing her and wanted her to decompose quickly. So to do this, he cuts her open from neck to vagina. Straight slit right down the body. Oh my god! And they do mention this in the documentary, and it's mentioned by one of the officers that investigated this, and it is disturbing. Oh my god! Because he thought that opening her up would make her decompose faster. And as a friend, he wanted to help her out. Macy, your face is fantastic right now. <laughs> I'm speechless. I know. I'm speechless. I and <laughs> well, there's more. After he did this, he anally mutilated her and removed her vagina. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. He claims that he ate her vagina. Do we think that he's a cannibal though? See, that's the thing. They never ever find proof of the cannibalism. They just he just says he did it. He's like, oh yeah, the young boy was missing his penis, I ate it. Oh yeah, she was missing her vagina, I ate it. Do you think that's just to make him sound worse? I don't know. I don't know why you would come out and be like, yeah, I'm a cannibal. Like, Unless I you don't... found some evidence of being a cannibal. It's not like Dahmer, and where they... like they knew he was yeah, a fucking cannibal. Like they found fucking heads in his freezer and shit. Like they, they have no evidence that this guy was a cannibal other than the fact that he said he was. Ugh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he then covered her with a blanket and some leaves and left her there. What a gentleman. Right? Well, really, nice, seriously. Nice burial for his friend. Thank you. Thank you for cutting me open <laughs> and leaving me with some pile of leaves. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that as a friend. I really do. <laughs> so his next victim was another prostitute, Maria Welch. She was another victim. This becomes kind of a reoccurring thing that he claimed... She tried to steal his wallet. That's like, cool head. Yep. All the guys. He's like, oh, they tried to steal from me. They tried to steal from me. There's it's, no evidence. Yeah. So he ends up choking her. And he later ended up changing his story that says um, when he discovered she was menstruating when they tried to have sex, that it pissed him off. What? So it went from she tried to steal his wallet while they were getting it on to... She was menstruating and he was pissed. What? Yeah. That's like a real drastic leap. That's a big difference. But he uses this, she tried to steal my wallet a few times, which makes me think I don't know if it's real. Like, I just... I I don't know, because you said one of the victims, he claimed she tried to steal his wallet while they were having sex. Mm Mm-hmm. How... <laughs> if your pants are below your knees or away from you, yep. How? how? 
Like unless, how? No, because the first one he did say, like she was like reaching into his pocket, like trying to take his wallet. So. I mean, unless you have your pants. I mean, I I mean, I'm not trying to be too graphic here, but I really. I don't understand the physicality of trying to undo that. I know, like, in trying to... Well, actually... No. No, I'm thinking of something else. Never mind. Well, whatever. It's (laughs) fucking weird. And I don't think that they were trying to steal his goddamn wallets. Especially if he already promised them fucking money. Mm Mm-hmm. That's... Okay. And so, after these two victims, it's when the FBI is called in. Because at this point, they're like, okay, fuck we have, Ooh, a, we serial have a serial killer, killer and we're really screwed. And um, please help us. <laughs> so they actually developed a profile for him. They said he was going to be a white male in his 20 to 30, 20s to 30s. He'd be physically strong and probably have a previously a previous criminal record. Uh, yeah. He'd be familiar with the area. And he could main his, maintain his... Oh my gosh, I really can't talk today. He could maintain his composure so victims would willingly get in his car. So like when he was hunting, quote-unquote, he would, you know... Be normal. He'd be normal. He wasn't, you know, pulling up all sweaty, shaking, like, you get my car, huh? Come on, let's go, honey. Like, there was no... But he literally has no emotions. Yeah, exactly. Well, you see him... Exactly. In this documentary, he had zero emotions. His face, until he says, like, that stop thing about the kids, there's zero emotion across his face. It's so scary. So I can completely believe that there would be... zero, you know, nobody would be afraid to get in his car. Exactly. Because he was acting normal. Because people like that learn what normal is. Yep. That's scary. Yep. That's scary. So, now the FBI is involved, and they're really trying to crack down on him. And this is when he kills his eighth victim. Her name was Darlene Trippy. She was just another prostitute. I'm not just another prostitute. Sorry. These are women. That was. That's not what I meant. She was another prostitute from Lyle Ave. These are all women. Fins we respect all. all women. I know. Yeah, I, did, I did not mean that. <laughs> no disrespect, people. please. Gosh, we we never mean anything to be weird. Yeah, no. we have anxiety, so <laughs> I promise I did not mean offense on that. Um, what is this cat doing? Oh, there she is. She's like, she um, I want to be in on the conversation now. Excuse me. Don't eat me. Anyway, um, he choked her to death after she harassed him for being unable to get an erection. Hmm. Okay. And then dumped her body in the woods. Uh, Yeah. Okay. And the next victim was Elizabeth Gibson, another sex worker. She was using his car to get warm on a cold day. He ended up hiring her. And this is when this comes in again. She tried to steal his wallet. What did he hire her for? Sex. Oh, for, oh okay. I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, sorry if that wasn't sorry. obvious enough. <laughs> yes, I, 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 I was like, uh. <laughs> so he tried to hire her for sex. Another one that he claimed she tried to steal his wallet. So she strangled, so he strangled her, sorry, and dumped her body in a different location that he hadn't used before because he feared the cops were in close. Um, well, mm, the FBI's there, so maybe. <laughs> well, we're getting close to the end of the victim spree here, folks. <laughs> um, June Cicero was his 10th victim. She was a prostitute whom he attempted to have strex. Wow. This wine must be strong, because this is like... 
That is like the 80th time I've been fucked up in the last 30 seconds. Yeah, wine, strong. God, so, seriously. Uh, try Superstition by now. If you live in New York, or you can order online probably. I don't know. Don't. I hope you that. can order online because that stuff is good. You guys should try it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was another prostitute that he attempted sex with, but ended up strangling her to death. Um, he claims to have strangled her with only one hand. Well, he's huge. He was a huge dude. I so would. I, I mean, if you this. put your whole body weight and you're 300 pounds into somebody, yes. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. And he ends up dumping her body off of a bridge over Salmon River. Okay. Slightly different. Slightly. Remember her. Okay. And then his final victim was another prostitute that he picked up on Mile Lab, named Felicia Stevens. Um, Shawcross claims that he does not remember murdering her. Bullshit. He remembers dumping her body. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He said he remembers nothing. And I was like, ah, I don't know if I believe that. So, the 10th victim I just mentioned, June Cicero, that I told you to remember. Okay. She ends up being what gets him caught. Oh, I'm sure. So on January 3rd of 1990, Shawcross makes a big mistake. What's he do? So, like I said, he never paid attention to the news. He had no idea how close the cops were getting. He feared they were close, but he didn't know how close. Okay. So he didn't know that now the FBI was involved. He didn't know that they were staking out his hunting grounds. Oh his, no! His dumping ground. Not oh no. Oh yes, but oh no right? for him. <laughs> and he one day decides he wants to go visit June Cicero's body. What a shithead! Yes. What a shithead! So he goes out. He drives his car, and he had just gotten out of the car, and a helicopter was above. I remember this. Yeah. Sorry, you keep telling me, but you keep telling me because I will keep remembering. But yes, I remember that this happened. So the helicopter sees him, and can also see the outline of June Cicero's body under the ice in the river because they can see his car, right? That's yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. So he's standing next to his car on the side of the bridge, and they see her body down below under the ice. And they call to the forces below, and they say, hey, look, um... There's a dude here. There's a dude and a body, and I'm pretty sure he knows it's there. So they follow him, and he notices the helicopter and kind of does, like, a casual, oh, shit, gets in his car and leaves. They follow him. He drives to his wife's workplace, which was a retirement home, and goes inside and goes into the basement, which was really weird to me. The cops fought like go. How do you know where that is? Right? The cops go inside and they're like, okay, this dude that just came through the doors, where the hell is he? And they were like, oh, it's XYZ. He's in the basement. So they follow him and they go down into the basement. They're like, we need you to come answer some questions for us. Okay? And he's like, fuck, 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 fuck. Well, (laughs) and then they said, give us your license. He's like, oh, I don't have one. (laughs) And at this time, he was still driving Clara's car. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. This, I, this bitch is gonna be like, what the fuck? So he complies. 
It's like, okay, I'll come for questioning. Gets in the cruiser, goes to the station. What? Yep. What? What? Okay. Yeah, this is, and this is again where the no emotions come in. It's weird. Scary. They're it's like, scary. you know, what were you doing out there? Nothing. And he said he stopped because he needed to pee. So he got out of his car so he could take a piss. And he claims when he saw the helicopter, he got nervous. He didn't want to urinate in public. So he got back in his car and left. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, haha, bullshit. Yeah. The interviewer who was detector, detective. Detective. <laughs> I think I'm going to try and pronounce this guy's name. I want to say it's DeSillis. D-E-C-I-L-L-I-S. DeSillis. I mean, that's the best I could do, so. Um, Detective DeSillis said that Shawcross was weirdly calm and really cooperative. He even offered up the fact that he had been to prison for the murders of Jack Blake and Karen Hill. Oh... You're looking real guilty, son. (laughs) (laughs) So, they're like, okay, whatever. They release him, and they follow him. This sounds... We've talked about how we like morbid, and and uh, and that's why we drink before. Mm -hmm. This sounds like a case they very recently... That morbid very recently covered... Yeah. Shout out to them. Hey, you guys are great. Um, We love you. Can we we be friends? We love you. Let's be friends. Um, But... That sounds like a case. Well, I guess they didn't just do it. They did it towards the beginning of quarantine. Mm. I don't know if you've gotten there yet because you started listening a little after me. The gate. Oh, yeah. It sounds yeah. like that where he comes in and he's like, I'm fine. Yeah. I'll help you. And then they tail him mm-hmm. and he gives himself up. So. So, well, he actually ends up not giving anything up this time. Oh, well. He just mm. goes home, but they catch him under surveillance. Okay. The next morning they knock on his door and they're like, we need you to clarify some stuff about your story. He's like, all right. <laughs> this guy, oh, he kills me. Um, <laughs> so they take him to the station and they had gone with a photo of him that they had actually taken during the first interview to lie lab. And they had witnesses who said, oh yeah, that's Mitch. Ew. Ah! Yep. So they had... He's real real well known down there. They placed him there, where Mm. most of his victims had come from. So they get him in, and they tell him all this. And at first he's like, I got no idea what you're talking about. No idea. So they keep pushing him, they push him, and it takes until they threaten to involve his girlfriend and his mistress, Miss Clara Neal, before he... Wait, his wife and his girlfriend? No, just his girlfriend. So he doesn't give a shit about his wife knowing? Uh, well, they tried to implicate his girlfriend. Oh, oh, okay. Yes, yes. So, okay. That they, makes sense. They, they pushed and they were like, oh, that's because she has something to do with it. That's why you don't want to talk. She's she's part of this. Uh, and this is how he implicates himself. Sneaky, sneaky. And he's like, no, she had nothing to do with this. And now they're like, how do you know that? Do with what? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't have anything to do with what? Exactly. And that was the oh shit moment. Aww. So, this is basically when he just kind of starts confessing. Uh, and on my birthday, once again. They are, you've got, you said you've got two cases. Two like cases that have stuff on my birthday, and I think it's weird, man. 
January 4th of 1990, he confessed to all 11 murders, positively identifying all of his victims with photos. And he actually ends up leading them to the two undiscovered bodies of Maria Welsh and Darlene Trippy. Those were the wow. two that they didn't find. But they wow. found everybody else. And then, of course, he brings them, so he, like, obviously he did it. In the Netflix documentary, when they ask him why he confesses, he, he literally says it was because he was tired of it all. He was just done with it. Like, he was just tired. Like, of the interview, like, of being there at the police station. Not even of killing. He Not just was killing. tired. He was just, like, tired of them interviewing him. See, I didn't want to be badgered by these police yeah. officers anymore. Mm-hmm. Ugh. What the fuck? Um, and fun fact, his written confession was 79 pages long. What a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, his trial started in November of 1990. He went to trial for only 10 of the 11 murders because one of the murders was committed outside of the county where the other ones were committed. Okay. So they only had him on trial for those 10. And the trial was huge. It was considered a national event, and it was widely viewed. Like, people were That's like when Court TV was, like, huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's still big, but, like, still. And now, after confessing, this asshole pleads not guilty by insanity. He's not insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that he's on, like, I know that he's on medication probably in prison. You, if you watch the documentary, you can see he does this blinking thing. Yeah, you can tell. He does this blinking he thing. He looks like he constantly has something in his eyes. And it's, <laughs> I, I think it's a side effect of some sort of medicine he's taking in prison. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's a side effect. Yeah. I mean, don't quote me on it. If you guys know, you know anything more than me, let me know yeah. whether or not that's true. But it seems like that would probably be... It, it, that's what it seemed it, like it, it was really from. looked like something that whoop we're good loud noises drop my iPad we're good <laughs> <laughs> but it just seems like something that like you wouldn't do it's not voluntary and you can tell it's not voluntary because he gets annoyed yep. can you see his face get kind of annoyed when it happens sometimes yep yeah he shows no emotion and like every once in a while if his eyes twitch too much he'll get annoyed yeah. you can kind of and, he, and it's like it's like a weird like he blinks rapidly and like hard almost like and like he twitches yeah it's very weird so they bring in a psychiatrist to review him and the psychiatrist the psychiatrist says and this is a direct quote they describe Shawcross as an emotionally unstable learning disabled genetically impaired biochemically disordered neurologically damaged individual psychologically alienated from significant others during his entire life, venting his frustrations and rage mixed with fear and defiance in the life in a, wow, sorry, in a lifetime of ever more violent and destructive aggression, which ultimately turned to overpowering murderous fury. So they're saying he wasn't paid attention to, and so this is like a cry for like, it's it's like Pay attention it's an me. escalation of basically all that attention, the running away when he was a kid and the setting fires and because he didn't get enough attention and he was abused. Quote unquote. Yeah, quote unquote abuse, no proof, remember that. He turned into a murderer. Okay. Okay. Whatever. They also tried to paint him as a victim, stating that he had PTSD from Vietnam. Now, remember, the army came in and was like, this, they never saw combat. No. That's bullshit. Yeah. 
They provided proof. They they were like, this, they never saw combat. Like, this is not possible. He does not have PTSD from this. If he but has- a psychiatrist said he had PTSD. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? He's either a good faker or <laughs> something else. I don't know. Who cares? The one thing they did present that was real was he had a cyst in his brain. Real? I didn't know about that. Really? Yeah. Okay. He, um, he had an extra Y chromosome, and they said that this is what caused this abnormality. Okay. And they tried to blame this for his actions. Nah. But it wasn't. And they do, they show his brain scans in the documentary. And oh, you can see it. Yeah. But. I forgot about that. It, see? Forgot about things, learned about them again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they said that this would cause him to black out during his killings and not be able to control himself. Bullshit. Sorry. Didn't mean to yell, guys, but bullshit. <laughs> I literally was about to be like, that's crap. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not true. He, there would be, no, never mind. I was about to be like, he would be able to, like, if he blacked out, he would be able to remember all that shit. But right? it's black, blacked out in the sense that he can't control it. It, like, himself. doesn't make sense. Like, if you can remember what you've done, yeah. you have complete clarity. Unless there's, like, it's clarity after the fact. But yeah. you still know what... Yeah. I mean, you I do, don't... We're not just, blacked out. That's that not... It just doesn't make yeah. sense to me. Um, but... <laughs> they actually ended up saying that his trial was boring. Boring? Is it because he has no emotion? He doesn't give a shit about nothing? Well, they didn't... I guess they didn't bring in a lot of witnesses for him that testified on his side. Other than these psychiatrists, they didn't... There was nobody that testified for him. His wife's like, bye, bitch. They, like, yeah. It was... See you later. Nothing. And the jury ends up finding him completely sane. Oh, I'm sure. They were like, no, this guy's sane. Like, no. We ain't believing what you're trying to paint right now. No. That's not... Not working for us. No. No. And the jury ends up only taking a half hour to decide. Yeah, I would have. I would have been like, he's guilty, he's guilty, he is guilty. He was found found guilty on all 10 counts. Yay! He got 25 years for every single count. So 250 years. So never, ever getting out of prison until Uh you die, ever. And then, for the 11th murder that was in another county, he had another trial for it, which he was also found guilty for. And for that, he got a life sentence tacked on top of his 250 years. Holy shit! Okay. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) he ends up getting incarcerated at the Sullivan Correctional Facility in Fallsburg, New York. I don't know where that is. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I don't know. But But I never lived in Rochester. But I'll look it up. There wasn't a lot of info about him as a prisoner. So okay. he must not have been very memorable. Like he wasn't, <laughs> it's not like they were like, oh, he was an outstanding prisoner. Like he turned yeah, around. Like, yeah, there was yeah. nothing. The only thing I got was when they asked him in the documentary, they asked him if they, if he was like a celebrity in prison and he just goes, oh, of course. Yeah. Like this, like, what? oh yeah, of course. 
if people like saw him like a celebrity in prison for the crimes he committed. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So like as a serial killer. Yeah. He's a okay. In, I was like, wait, they knew like, about amongst it? the in, amongst the other inmates. Oh prison. yeah. He's like, yeah, of course I'm a celebrity. Like, that is actually where you're talking about Fallsburg, New York, uh-huh. is southeast of us. And a little southwest of Albany. It's kind of near the border of New Jersey. Interesting. And is about, I can't even see, but if you look, it's by Scranton, which is where the office is. (laughs) It's like partway between Syracuse, Albany, and Scranton. That really is low. I know. And that other place he went was kind of by Poughkeepsie, which is by New York. They really sent him downstate. Yeah, we don't want you up here. We don't (laughs) want your ass up here. Get out of here. Oh, that's so interesting. And okay. Oh, wait, did I say New Jersey? I mean Pennsylvania. Sorry, Scranton is in Pennsylvania. You did say Jersey. I know. <laughs> I watched The Office. <laughs> I know where they're from. Sorry. No, you're good. So while he was serving in his prison time, in 2001, he actually found out he had a daughter. Ew. Yeah. She was the result of a fling that he had while he was on leave in Hawaii. During his army days. During the Vietnam stuff. Okay. Yes. <laughs> this, I don't know how I feel about this woman. They interview her in the documentary. Okay. And when she finds out who he is, she actually goes to visit him. Okay. Completely knowing everything he's done. Okay. She wants to know him. There's photos of them together hugging and smiling. Weird. They show them in the documentary, and I'll probably post one of them on Instagram, and it was weird. I mean, I feel like, like maybe you'd... I mean, I don't know. My dad but, is my dad. I know my dad. So, but I feel like maybe, okay, meeting him is one thing, but, like, smiling and hugging? Oh, wait for it. Ew. She now visits him regularly. Well, sorry, not now, but she did. He does pass away. But weird. she ends up visiting him regularly, and she had seven kids of her own. That she brought to what? him. Yes. What? She wanted her children to know their grandfather. I would have been like, do you stay she, away from this person as much as possible? But only the older kids know what he's done. I wouldn't want any he of my kids to know what he did. raped and murdered a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old. Oh, my God. That's oh so my God. scary. That's so scary. What and are you thinking? Shawcross says that he wrote to them all the time. Ew, weird. Like, and he loved to be pen pals with his grandchildren. This is like one of the only times you really see like a little bit of like... Like a glimpse of like, woo! Yeah, like a connection in his life. To like, like somebody emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. And this really, really fucked me up. So they asked him, okay, you've got young grandchildren. What would you think... If what happened to Jake and Karen happened to your grandchildren. Oh no, what did he say? I don't even want to know. Do I want to know? He Uh, said he'd be devastated. But the consequences would be left up to the law. This piece of shit. He literally said he'd be devastated. I'm like, you fucking... What? Like, you... What you did to people. I'm sorry, you're a cock muffin. You... (laughs) Your cock muffin. I can't even think of anything worse than a cock muffin. Oh my you, god. god damn it. Literally. What a piece of 
of shit. He, Sorry to anybody who's listening to this. Not like swearing. I they literally Cock said one. if you if what ha- what you did to these kids happened to your grandchildren, and he said he'd be devastated. You should be devastated for those other people. But then they asked him, "Well, what about your other victims?" And he's like, "I feel nothing." So he cares about the kids, his grandkids, but he doesn't care about he anybody has else. No emotion for I don't, anybody I, else. I guarantee he has no emotion for anything. I don't he's think pretending. he does either. I think he's just pretending. I, I, he's pretending. I, yeah, it was, and then they're that, good. They're good liars. They're well, liars. That again was when they tried to ask him about the kids, the kids, the kids, and that was when he stopped the interview. He's like, bah. He was like, no, I'm done. And then on November 10th of 2008, he complained of pain in his leg, and he was transferred to the hospital where he died of cardiac arrest. He was only 63. Seriously? Yeah. I hope that hell swallows him whole, (laughs) and that he's not even in the hot part of hell. I wish he's in the cold part of hell, because that's worse. That is worse. It's, like, so cold that it's hot. It like, have you ever felt water where it's, like, you put your hands under it, and for, like, a second it's it, cold because it's, it's so hot on your hands? That's what he should feel for all eternity is cold, hot hands. Yep. <laughs> cold, hot hands. <laughs> <laughs> He's a cock muffin, and he deserves cold, hot hands. I hope he accidentally pokes himself in the eye for the entire rest of his life. <laughs> I thought of something terrible. I won't say it. I'll tell you later. Oh, I'll tell you no. now. I don't oh, care. No. He gets annoyed by that eye thing. I hope it happens for the rest of his life. <laughs> I hope that he gets annoyed by his eyes twitching for his whole life for eternity in cold, hot hell. I hope he can never stop the eye twitches. Because <laughs> you can literally tell, like, every once in a while, it'll happen so much mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, Jesus yes, Christ. Yes. Like, yes, I hope that you have that forever mm-hmm. <laughs> and it never stops even oh. as a ghosty so there's that <laughs> the burning of a thousand suns oh my god anyway but yeah that is the piece of shit known as arthur Shawcross. yeah all of these guys this month have deserved a god blessing to the face mm, honestly just ugh. rest in peace to his victims that is just seriously awful. seriously i i can't even that's imagine that's awful Oh, and the poor families of those children. Who had to deal with that? Oh, it's just like, Uh, it's heartbreaking. It's so crazy. Sometimes I do, I I do enjoy researching these things, but they really hit hard. Some things hit, like, hit really hard. Yes, yes, I have, I put my notes down and been like, okay, I'm going to walk away for a little while. I'm going to walk away for a second, because I am disturbed. This is heavy. (laughs) That happened with Jamelski a Mm. lot. And, oh, I can imagine. And Todd taught a little bit, but I did that mostly in chunks, so yeah. I was already stopping. Mm-hmm. But when it did hit, I was like, shit, oh, man. Yeah. Shit, yeah. shit, shit. scary. <laughs> All right, guys. So August. August is done. August has come to a close. And we're going to have some bonus episodes to keep you guys going until September. Um, because we know that you are anxiously, hopefully, I hope, I mean, I don't know, but I hope you're anxiously awaiting our <laughs> more episodes, but we, um, as Nicole said, she's going to do a little bonus of some of her Tony Costa stuff, and yeah. I'm, we're going to do a bonus together, driving past the Jamelski house, because yeah. I really want to go and just see it, like, yeah. 
just see it because I know it doesn't look the same or anything, but like, because obviously somebody else. You can do a comparison and just. Yeah, because I'll post the pictures. Um, I mean, I think that's not going to be for like a couple of days, but yeah. I'm going to post the pictures of what his house looked like before. So to see mm-hmm. what it's going to look like after, it's going to be really interesting. And this so. bonus episode might include our next topic. It might include our next topic. So Who make knows? sure you listen. Yes, make sure you listen. Otherwise, you're going to find out on Instagram with everybody else. I mean, that's also fine. You do you. You live your life to the fullest. So whatever. But totally listen to us because we're fun. But totally listen to us because we're so cool and we're funny. And we drink wine. We drink really good wine. I mean, really seriously. And we're- I I have a new wine for next for next time and I'm so excited. So ready. I don't know if we'll drink it during our bonus because it might be small. Yeah. During our bonus, we might just like grab one glass of just Yeah, grab a glass of something fun and tell you what it is. But yeah. You know, it's the bottles, I think, will be for the episodes, episodes. because they're going to be longer and as stuff like tell. that. As you can tell. This one is the longest one yet. I mean, yeah. Jamelski was short and Todd and Six Todd pages. and Tony Tony Costa were the same-ish. Six pages of damn notes. Yeah. He, yeah. I'm t- I, we were telling you guys that this guy was gnarly and we were not And I can't, joking. I like, I can't go short on anything. I can't leave things out. I know. That's a, I, I have a hard time. And I was like, okay, he's got 11 victims. I'm like... That's a lot, but I, I know. really want to talk about each one. I felt like, like that was what was hard about Jamelski is because they, I mean, not hard. I mean, they obviously deserve their anonymity. Mm-hmm. If they don't want to be, you know, yeah. especially because it's serial rape, it's not like yeah. murder. If you don't want to be so talked like, about. So if you don't want to be talked about, like, leave it alone. And so I felt like that's why Jamelski was kind of shorter because there was nothing to, like, you know, they did not want that kind of information out yeah. about themselves. So, so it was very, like... like wasn't a lot of personal. This is what happened. Yeah. Da, 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 you know, not a lot of personal information. Exactly. So, but this was a lot. Yeah. 10, 11 people that uh, so all together was 13 with the two With children. the kids, but, you know, he doesn't like them. Well, you shouldn't because you kill a lot of people. <sighs> anyway. All right, guys. Hey guys, where can you find us? You can find us on all of our social media. Um, <laughs> Twitter, uh, Instagram. Facebook, um, Facebook and Instagram are Buzzkillers Podcast. Um, Twitter is Buzzkillers Pod. You can also um, find us at buzzkillerspodcast.com. That yes. is our awesome website that Nicole has designed. It's really, really great. Um, it has <laughs> bios about us, um, information about the show. You can listen there if you're not listening on. Um, you know, Apple or Podbean or wherever you want to listen. Um, we're also going to be starting to post our episodes to Facebook. I <laughs> I didn't realize you had to push a separate button when that happened because I had <laughs> scheduled them for later. So I didn't realize, you know, whatever. So they will all be going up, you know, when Shawcross goes up all together, probably mm-hmm. later this week. Um, everything will work as one. <laughs> yes, everything will work as one and everything will start getting to be published at all mm-hmm. those places all at once. Um, and we also will be a part of Spotify coming soon. Mm-hmm. We will let you all know when that's going to happen because Spotify, it, like we said with iTunes, they have, or Apple, they have all kinds mm-hmm. of rules. So there are things yeah. that we need to follow to be able to be a part of mm-hmm. that. Um, anyway, yeah. is there anything else? I think that's I don't enough. Think so. I we think covered that's a, it. we also covered a lot of stuff at the beginning. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. We've talked a lot during this it, one. It took us a little while to get into this one. <laughs> Sorry. But anyway, um 
yeah, keep listening yeah. to us and let us know what you guys think. Uh, definitely rate us on anything that you're listening to us on. And if you have any comments, hopefully not mean ones. I hopefully not mean <laughs> ones. But if you have any comments or questions or anything you would like to have us cover, please send us an email. Yeah. Um, buzzkillerspodcast at gmail.com or you can go to our website there's a contact page there and it will immediately send us a message so um, we will get back to you and like we said we'd love to cover some cases from your hometowns yeah. we'd love to cover cover some of your cool hometown stories so let us know share them if, all yeah share them share them share them we, we love new learning new cases and um, getting to share this with you guys so yeah and we finished the bottle yeah we, we finished it, it. four episodes but here we go <laughs> anyway um we hope you guys like what we're doing yeah. and um i think we're gonna sign off yeah we'll see you next time okay bye bye